hey there, hello there, hey world, Will, Kirk, Jack, what a time to be alive, chatting it up, talking it up, that's what it's been, there's a lot to talk about, what can I say, you gotta decompress, compress sometimes, it's a whole thing, it's wonderful, I'm glad to be a part of it, I'm glad you're, you're with us here, I do have to say, the response, the positive response uh, is very encouraging. And I even saw a couple of reviews on iTunes podcast, a couple of five-star reviews. Oh, wow. So let's not let it get to our heads. We got a long way to go. It's already in my head. It went straight there for you. We got a long way to go. It's a new thing. We're trying our best to yeah. figure it out. Appreciate the support. Together with you guys, we're trying to figure it out. And that's all we can really do because we don't have the answers. We just got a target. We're aiming as best we can. And uh, it's an honor and a privilege. Mm -hmm. We got a few things to talk about. Willie, do you got the craziest story ever here? Accidentally swallowed AirPod. Nine to five Mac. It was only a matter of time, to be honest. Uh, these things are tiny. They're out there in the world. And somebody's going to swallow one. And this is, the, uh, this is the individual. A Taiwanese man found that his accidentally swallowed AirPod still worked even when it was in his stomach. Ooh. There's a commercial kind of like this with the cell phone, the Snickers commercial, where, where, where it's like, let's see if you can find this. I think this dude copied the commercial. Snickers, surgeon, anyway. A doctor accidentally sewed a guy up after dropping his, his cell phone in there. I don't think you're going to find it, Will. But anyway, it's an AirPod now. And uh, how did the guy know that it was still working? Let's see here. Uh, he fell asleep with a pair of wireless headphones still in his ears, but woke up unable to find one of them. Get out of town. That is gross. Oh, man. Using an iPhone tracking feature, he discovered the device was still in his room and heard its beeping sound following him around. He said, I checked under my blanket, looked around, but couldn't find it. Then realized the sound was coming from my stomach. He went to the hospital where an x-ray confirmed that the location of the AirPod, he was told his surgery would be plan B, but the hope was the situation was, would resolve itself naturally. It apparently did. We'll gloss over the details, but after washing and drying it, it still worked. And the battery was still at 41%. And he's using it right now. Oh, man. That's kind of a weird story. At first, I didn't, I feel like I didn't properly interpret the whole package deal there. It's kind of scary. How do you fall asleep with your AirPods in your ears and one ends up in your stomach? Or is this some, is this, does this guy have one of those s sleep activity things, like kind of like sleepwalking, where he thought it was a Skittle? You know what I mean? He wasn't fully awake and he thought it was a Skittle. And he went and he just ate it. Yeah, maybe it rolled onto like his pillow and then like his, he was snoring and somehow it just got into his mouth. Oh man, that's creeping me out right now. I'm like, I'm going to be fully aware. If anything like that is in my ears and I'm drowsy, they're coming out. It's coming out from, from here on out. Obviously, it's a freak occurrence. It's pointing at the AirPod right there. But uh, if you ever 
it's weird that it worked because I don't think there's an IP rating from a technical standpoint. I don't know if they have an IP. I think they're meant to deal with sweat, but IP rating. No digestive tract rating on AirPods officially, but uh, apparently a little, uh, little benefit there. I don't know if this is good press or bad press for Apple. Maybe neither. Good in the sense that, hey, it survived. Wow, how about that AirPod? Bad in the sense that, like, I didn't know swallowing an AirPod was a thing that was possible. Or, or that it could happen, and it happened in this particular case. What, uh, what else can I say? The guy's alive and well. Mm-hmm. So the human body, resilient. AirPods can't take it down. Didn't take, this, didn't take down the Taiwanese man. It's not going to take me down. Although... Some people believe AirPods give you cancer. I don't want to go into the whole thing right now. But there was like one doctor that came out and said, I don't know, man. That's, that's, I'm not trying to spread the rumor for, for, for the record. I'm not trying to spread, spread the rumor right now. But it's, it's a thought. Like this idea that, yes, we use cell phones. They, they, there's, there's a radiation component there. There's a, there's a transmission component there. But how often are we holding these things to our heads anymore? But now we have these devices, people are out of hand. They might have these AirPods in right up close to the brain, uh, 24 hour period, long extended period. You see people in the street, it's like those AirPods never leave their ears. I'm not saying you're gonna get cancer, all right? Uh, full disclosure here, uh, people online like to talk like this. I gotta do the research, I gotta have the expert on the show who can tell me why or why not this is possible. And uh, there was one, I believe there was one guy who went out of his way to say, hey, it's possible. And then a bunch of other doctors came back and said, nah, that's not the case. And people said it was a hoax. But who knows who, who, who to believe in this day and age? We do know cell phones can cause cancer in rats. I mean, you're not a rat. Uh, but surprisingly, you're not. You're kind of similar. I mean, not just you, all of us. Mammals. You a mammal, Will? You bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so if it can mess up a rat, I guess it can mess you up. And 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 do you want to be a statistic in the study? Uh, I mean, I don't want to be, but again, I'm not trying to scare you here. And I'm not scared. I mean, I use them. Jack started using them. He asked me, first thing he asked me, are you just going to give me cancer or what? And I was like, what are you talking about, Jack? And uh, I mean, there's no answer for it. Who knows? Everything's out to kill you. At some point, we're all going down. Any day. It's a possibility. Yeah. Hopefully the studies will come out soon. Maybe there's more study, uh, some more studying necessary here in this case. Uh, But it's one of these things about living with technology and advancement and progress in general. And we talked about this earlier today off camera. There's no free lunch out there. You get something, you give something. It's the law of the land. You get something, you give something. It's always a transaction. It's not always just plus in this game. It's plus and it's minus. You come here, you live, you take, you give. You see how that rhyme right there, Will? Mm -hmm. I prepared that in advance. I did not. That was off the top. I got something I want to talk about here. Um... Sticking to Apple just for a second. This is the only other Apple story of the day. Apple and other tech companies lobby efforts kill Ontario right to repair bill. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, 
This is a hot topic. There's a dude on YouTube who like loves this particular topic, Lewis Rossman. And it's, 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 a, it's interesting to me because actually I've told this story on the channel before, before I ever did any of this, I had an actual Apple specific repair and upgrade shop, a physical store. And this was one of the things we used to do frequently is replace iPhone parts, components, uh, try to repair logic boards. That's what Apple calls motherboards in uh, their uh, laptops. And there were all kinds of challenges with that business when it came to trying to get our hands on parts, authentic parts, and trying to help people out because they would go to the Apple store and, and, and be quoted some outlandish repair fee for uh, what to us seemed like simple types of repairs. I remember back then they weren't even doing phone screen repairs. This was years ago. So you had an iPhone 3G or something and you broke the screen. It was up to the, the extended marketplace, non-Apple marketplace, stores like mine. If you were going to recover that iPhone at all and you didn't want to spend whatever the retail cost was to replace it completely at that point in time. So you felt like you were providing a service to a customer that had had, had that was in trouble, that that needed uh some help. But Apple, they didn't they didn't make it very easy even back when I was doing it. They had various certification programs and uh a anyhow, it was it was kind of a tough thing to do and it actually ended up getting tougher once Apple opened their own stores and then it became even harder to get your hands on parts and things like that. But a lot of people are not uh, happy with the way that Apple specifically, as well as other technology brands, treat the, the repair process. If you do encounter a problem yourself, assuming that it's out of warranty, they're really done with you at that point. They just, they wanna turn you into a new, a, a new customer or a, a repeat customer. They just wanna sell you a new thing. Of course they do, they're a company, like, that's what they wanna do. But unfortunately, that leads to certain uh, consequences that might not be so great for you or for the planet. Maybe your the device you have is perfectly fine. Maybe you don't need a new one. Uh, maybe it's a simple repair. Maybe it's just the glass on a smartphone, although Apple does repair that now. But in, in certain circumstances, I'd be amazed that like it could be a faulty RAM chip on, on some of the early PowerBooks and MacBooks that I used to repair. But again, when you, when, you, when you would take the device to Apple, it seems that their, their immediate kind of reaction to almost all problems is like, you probably want a new one. Uh, can you blame them? Yes, maybe no. Some people are on different, different degrees in responding to that. But anyhow, there was a bill on the table today. Today? Was it today? It was recently in Ontario. And it wasn't the very first bill or proposal for something like this. Uh, actually, or recently one, one, something, something similar was squashed in California. And the idea of a right to repair bill is to mandate that a company like Apple should support the idea of a user or a facility to, to have the right to acquire parts from Apple directly that are official and original to to, to do some of these styles of, of repairs to their products so that they wouldn't be the only ones who could make the judgment. You see, one of the issues is like, imagine your car, for example, Will, you have an issue with your car and it's out, it doesn't have a warranty anymore. 
you could take it to a mechanic. You could take it to the dealer and they have a service department and they could say to you, you know, to repair your transmission, it's not worth it. You should buy a new one, a new car. Or they could say that transmission is going to cost you six grand or some, some number, a big number. And you'd be like, okay, thank you for your information. I'm going to take it now to a private, uh, to a private mechanic and see what he says. And you can get another opinion. And it's within the mechanic's ability at that point to order the necessary components if he needs to, to do the repair. When it comes to iPhones and Apple products, that's the part that they, they seem to be making hard. And if you head over to Lewis Rossman's channel, this dude has all kinds of evidence that they intentionally make this process difficult. He uh, has a repair shop now and a YouTube channel. And it, I think he shops in New York actually. And he's been, he tries to order parts for all the repair requests that he's getting and Apple will actually stop them at the border in customs because they'll be ordering them from China or wherever it might be. And they'll do whatever they can to stop this guy from repairing old devices. Now their argument is that it's dangerous. We can't have, we can't have people out there repairing their own stuff or getting it done from third parties. It's dangerous. They're going to blow themselves up. There's batteries and, and, and things like this. Yeah, there was actually, C CBC News actually did an in-depth analysis. They did some secret shopping and headed to the Apple store and, and, uh, and, and, fig and they, what they did was they asked them, okay, how, here's my problem. Can I repair it or do I need a new, new device? And of course, Apple would quote them some astronomical figure. Then they would double check with Rossman and say, oh, how much should this repair cost me? Or how much would it cost me if I came to you? And he's representative of the third party, of the independent repair guy. So anyhow, it's, it's not the greatest look for companies like Apple. I should mention Samsung was also a part of the lobby against this bill taking place. Who, who else was there? There was Samsung, Apple, a couple of others. Companies just don't like this. They don't like this idea. They want to be in control. The other argument they make is we can't possibly provide these parts. It would be, uh, we'd be giving up some intellectual property. It would be dangerous from that perspective. Do they have a point? I, I, maybe. But when you buy the device, if you crack it open, don't you have the same, aren't the same, isn't the same intellectual property wrapped up in the thing that's already in your pocket? What's the difference if it's deconstructed? I mean, iFixit takes these things apart. Do they want to shut them down? Do they want to make it illegal to even deconstruct the thing that you own? Should you be able to investigate your own property mm -hmm. if you want to, if you're qualified to do so, if you feel qualified to do so? <laughs> So anyway, this, uh, they, they propose this legislation because on one side they say, hey, this is predatory. They have uh, essentially a monopoly on this. They can tell you whatever they want to tell you and you're not in a position to dispute it. And you have nowhere else really that you can go reliably to get that second opinion. If they tell you your phone repair is going to be 700 bucks or a new one, you're just like, all right, I guess give me the new one. Yeah, so like they own the monopoly. That's it. Repair. They make the product. There's no second opinion. They make the product and they repair the, they service the product exclusively. Actually, Jack had that issue with his stereo the other day. It was the same kind of situation with the car thing. It, it was uh, at the, with, the, with the Audi dealer, if I recall correctly. It's, yeah, this stuff goes on with your products, right? Do you want to chuck them in the garbage or should things be somewhat repairable? Now, increasingly, these devices become more solid state. 
where there there's less you can do with them, especially in the laptop department. You used to be able to replace certain things like RAM or maybe an SSD or hard drive. I mean, everything is soldered on now. It's very difficult. So they propose this thing. The lobby comes out. They say it's dangerous. People are going to hurt themselves. We can't expose our secrets. We can't put the repair manuals out there. And it looks like they were successful in both their lobbying in California with the same argument and now the lobbying in Ontario. And they've killed the right to repair concept in both places. And I can't say I'm surprised. Obviously, uh, it, obviously it's if they're looking at it from their point of view, it's better to not have that type of thing exist. It's more business for them. They get to uh, sell more new products as these things get busted or people have problems with them or they get to charge astronomical repair fees. I mean, this is the, uh, he's showing off the, the CBC investigative report here. An individual is getting quoted like 1100 bucks for a repair, 1200 bucks. And, uh, and of course they're able to find a cheaper repair in the aftermarket. Now this often happens in other industries, but it's, it's, it's special in this one because the third party, the group, it's, it's not like mechanics. It's not like with, with automobiles where, uh, you have a, a sort of an infrastructure a development that these, these things exist. They're out there. The, uh, Apple repair technicians. I know when I had the shop in Toronto, I was the only one doing it. Actually, there was one other, I think there was, there was us and there was, I fix it. And it just, they, it's a hard thing to do, to get good at. There's no training program. And when they really don't want you to repair something, you have to learn everything on your own. I said, I fix it. I meant I repair. That was the other shop in Toronto. I fix it, of course, was a huge resource to me. When I was in this business, I would often have to reference the I fix it guide before I would even attempt to crack open one of these devices. It was an incredible resource and it still is to this day. I have tons of appreciation and respect and I, I probably owe something to iFixit. So how about that for a shout out? If you wanna go over to their website and buy one of their toolkits, you'll be amazed that you can actually repair a lot of your stuff. It's pretty cool. But increasingly in the Apple department, it's becoming more and more difficult to repair, to, to repair a lot of things. But I'd be amazed, man. Back in the day, I'll give you a personal story. I would get a person, I remember, I got a person with an iBook. Do you remember the iBook? Show them a picture of the iBook. I had a person come in the store, not iBooks, iBook. That was a laptop. How weird is that thing? That one, the white one. No, no, not the clamshell, the white one. They came in, the thing didn't work at all. Wouldn't boot up, but the fans were spinning. Now I knew that this was likely something to do with heat. It could be heat related. These things used to overheat. Fans would get dirty. Things would overheat. There used to be an issue where they would get so hot that solder points on the logic board would melt and certain connections would be dislodged. Now there was a quick fix you could do for almost nothing. But if you took it to the Apple store, they would say you need to get a brand new logic board. And I believe it was around 700 bucks at the time. The laptop was only worth, you know, a thousand. But if you took a heat gun to the bottom of the unit, you could hold the heat gun there and it would melt those solder points and it was called reballing. And they would, they, if, you ha if the thing was at the right angle, the solder would drip back over and create the proper connection again. We could do it in like half an hour. I don't remember we charged people maybe 50 bucks. I don't remember what it was. Just for the time. It was incredible. It was interesting back then. I think 
in a lot of ways, so I'm attached to this particular story because of that backstory, because of that background. But I think that the idea of these bills is good. It's a good idea, I think. And I think increasingly as our, uh, uh, our, our lives are relying and they're dependent on these types of devices to have some kind of agency over how we interact with them and what we can and can't do with them outside the realm of the manufacturer themselves is probably a good thing. I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying everything needs to be regulated. There's plenty of places where you can overdo it, but there's really nothing there right now. And I think these kinds of ideas are cool, but they're dead now. They've been killed both in California and now here in Ontario, the home province. So relevant anyways, sorry for the tangent. I just felt I had some personal experience in this department. Maybe you do too. You can actually let us know if you have your own story, you can leave it down in the comments because I think these stories are helpful when it comes to pushing stuff like this through. It's quite possible you have your own device from Apple or maybe another brand where you felt like you should have been able to repair it. And for whatever reason that was difficult to do, or you maybe got a hard time at the store itself. I'm curious, genuinely. Mm -hmm. You got something else, Will? Yeah, on some uh, lighter news. Did you hear about this um, Sonic? Sonic, lighter news. The new I, movie? I, I mean, I, I, kind of, I, I kind of understand uh, that the people are unhappy because Sonic doesn't look right. They're not happy with the way he looks. Is that what it is? Yeah, I mean, from the head down, he looks like a kid with pajamas on. Like, it... it does not yeah like what is he he's too skinny or something is that what it is yeah it just looks so jarring yeah but uh but he is cg he isn't a kid in pajamas mm -hmm. so they could have made him how made him look however exactly. they wanted exactly so a lot of people um were just appalled by yeah people are mad well people get mad over about all kinds of things i mean people really want to be mad these days but i played some sonic growing up I'm trying to imagine what this CG version, non-cartoon version should look like. What should he be? His legs should be stubby? Well, there's some people that... Uh, oh, they, they fixed like him. That yeah, that seems like pretty... That seems pretty obvious. He looks like a kid with pajamas. It's just so... Wow, look how many likes that tweet has. 315,000 likes. Yeah, I think That's this guy's like a 3D artist or something, and then he just made his own render. And 81,000 retweets. So they got to rework the movie now. Yeah. So then the director was like, yeah, we hear you loud and clear. We're going to make some changes on the character. Wow. So like so, the trailer was out already. Hang on a second, though. Can we speculate for a minute? Did they call it in? Was this, do you think that this was a, a situation where they like motion capped him with a kid? And then they just built the model around that? Like why why like it, eh? why would they not build the model on the right for what what would be the advantage? I don't know. That's a curious thought. I'm I, I'm not certain myself. I don't know enough about CG and. I mean, it could look like a Halloween costume. Maybe it's like a thing. They want to sell some Halloween costumes. Or I or something. I don't know, man. I, Halloween costumes never look like the actual character. So who cares? Wow, what a bizarre situation. Anyway, the internet does what the internet does. They get mad about it. And uh, maybe in this case, there could be some good that comes of it. I think it's going to be a meme regard regardless. This is going to be a meme for life now. The weird looking Sonic. But uh, I actually didn't ever think you would see it as a movie. 
And I didn't understand. I didn't realize that the Sonic following was what it was. Like, that surprised me too. I mean, Sonic was obviously huge, but people are real passionate about Sonic because the Twitter moments, it's people were angry and uh, they were passionate. They were out there. They wanted their voices to be heard. This is one of those cases where it might, uh, it might pan out. Mm-hmm. Maybe Sonic looks cooler in the long run. I, I, I probably wouldn't see this movie either way, to be honest. I mean, can, no, do, you can you imagine me in the movie theater? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm seeing Sonic right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got to go get dinner. I got to, like, you know, I got things I got to do. Is but, that is that bad? Like, Yeah, isn't this your childhood? What is that bad? So I should go see childhood? Sonic then? Uh, what I what mean, do I not, do? Not like this. What do I do? How do I do that? How do I do that? I, I'll be home later. I'm just seeing Sonic. I got a family. Well, Can I take the family? Yeah. Okay, I'll take the family. That's easy. Oh. <laughs> I'll take the family to see Sonic. I'll t- I mean, if they, they fix the character first, I'll take the family. Paramount Pictures 2019. Aren't you going to see Marvel tonight? Yeah, Endgame. Endgame. You reserve the seats. It's a big deal. Yep. I, I'm ready. Is it a group or is it a couple friends? What is it? Uh, Just a buddy. Just a buddy. Yeah. Just two guys. Yeah. Just a couple of buddies. Mm-hmm. And an and Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. That's a Friday night. Nothing wrong with that. You got no. something else? A little popcorn. What do you got next? Oh, this. This was Kirk's request. He wants my reaction to this. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen this. I see, I already see the like to dislike counter. So that might skew my reaction a little bit. Don't mess with Mother Earth. Interesting shot on iPhone. Look at the way they did Mother there. Subliminal. I'm confused. Oh, it's a Megadeth song. Can you play it quiet, Will? I don't think it's going to get picked up by the thing. Quiet, though. Okay, you can. I just wanted to get the tone. You can turn it off now. I just wanted to get the tone. So, for those who are, I guess, listening. Wait a second. Uh, Is the song, was the song called Don't Mess with Mother or something? Last Rites. Last Rites. Don't Mess with Mother. Jack, what's going on here, man? I feel terrible about myself already. Did I mess with mother? Is that what happened? I'm just sure messing did. with mother every day. I wake up. I'm a waste. I'm, I got waste products. Man. So it's a YouTube video yeah. of uh, pretty much an iPhone shooting nature. It, it's, it's a commercial shot on iPhone. Additional hardware and software used. You had to see that part, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, there's a little disclaimer there. Additional hardware and software use. And and this is what gets argued, right? People go, what hardware? You just said the whole thing shot on iPhone and then you say additional har- hardware is any is everything. Like what what is the what's the hardware? What what kind of rig were you rocking? What kind of lighting and is it a typical situation in which a person would use an iPhone like that? No, it's not. But that's okay. I can get past that. If if under any circumstances a phone could create visuals like that, I'm 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 down with it. That's really cool. What is Apple trying to tell me with the mother thing? It's a little it's a little weird. They don't say don't mess with mother earth. They say don't mess with mother. Am I reading into this too much? What are they trying to tell me here? Why do I feel uncomfortable? Are they like, don't speak up? Like, is this like a thing? Like, don't, 
mess with Apple? Like mother, mother of the smartphone era? Like don't, don't go buy, don't take a risk. Like don't, that Huawei stuff, hey, that ain't your mom. You're Alex Jones now? Don't mess with mother. I don't know, man. That's creeping me out. Well, that title is creeping me out a little bit. I think it's supposed to mean like mother nature. It's a I understand that's like what they're with. saying, yeah. but I'm saying it's a step deeper because they could have just put mother earth in the actual title. They put earth there. Well, but they did, yeah. No, look at the title of the video. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Don't mess with mother. Apple is the title of the video. People right now are like, we get it, Lou. You said mother 600 times. What I'm saying is mother psychologically is incredibly powerful it's an incre it's a it's a it's a concept that resonates with with your origin your past the place you came from don't mess with the place you came from don't consider another brand because they know the market they're going after got their smartphone start with Apple. They know the market share they already have. The customer base that's already out there, don't mess with it. Take images like, Kirk's with me on this. He's the only one. Kirk's with me on this. There's something in there, there's something deep in there with let's keep things rolling. Don't even think about it. No Huawei for you. I'm just saying. Am I reading deeply into it? Yes. 37 million views. They blasted that thing. That is a lot of pre-roll. You know what 37 million pre-roll views is going to cost you, Willie Do? Mm, I don't know. Couple of dollars. Couple of dollars. Couple of dollars. You could, you could take those couple of dollars to Google for the pre-roll, or you could take them to the bake sale. All right? Rice Krispie Square. Gingerbread cookie. Timbits, birthday cake. It's up to you. Wow. It's the shots look great. The shots look great, just to be clear. Animals, I love nature. It's unbelievable. The shots look incredible. I don't know what the extra hardware was. I want to see a BTS. You want you Apple? You want to be transparent? Give us the BTS. I don't care if the phone is rigged up. It's fine. It's in a big giant rig. There's lights and everything. Fine. Give us the BTS for the for the diehards. For those of us that uh, are invested in this in this thing a little bit, it would be cool to see how these images are possible with a smartphone, with or without a rig. I don't care. Now I don't. I, I doubt they shot a BTS. But anyhow, there it is. Shot on iPhone. Don't mess with mother. I got something here. Speaking of nature, well. How about this for a segue? A 99-million-year-old millipede perfectly preserved in amber. How about that? 99 million. Can your brain even wrap around the idea of 99 million right now? No. 99 million. Jack, don't ask questions, okay? It's just 99 million. So, I don't know. They do carbon dating. They got, they got techniques, but what, as soon as I saw this, you know what I thought about? Jurassic they, Park. Yeah. <laughs> it's the actual amber story. It was in a sticky spot of tree resin. It's the actual le lemon, lemon yellow amber preserved in amber. It's the actual thing. They ripped the DNA out. Now, 
interestingly enough, they couldn't find a spot for it in the in the uh, millipede realm. You know how they have all the different species and subspecies? This one didn't fit in anywhere. It was different. Oh, so this is a new species. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. And then now they got to go and adjust all their findings and figure it all out, where it would fit in and what it means. Uh, it's pretty amazing, though, to, to find something that well-preserved it, it showcases that uh, not everything in the movies is that outlandish. Here, here's a real-world version of the Jurassic Park situation. That's what came to mind right away. Now, obviously, uh, it's just a millipede, but imagine it was something more substantial. I mean, it would be a lot of tree resin, mm -hmm. but still, it's a pretty cool concept. Also, 99 million years. Just think about that in general. Whole, but then it, people say the world is how old? Like 20 years, 200. And people want to dispute that any, anyway. It's obviously, obviously things have been going on for a really long time. And we're here today talking about technology. Put it in perspective, guys. It's wild. Will, I got something else for you. Look this up on YouTube. Top 10 most valuable companies in the world. So, this is, oh, it's on YouTube. You got to look it up on YouTube. Oh. Yeah, look it up right there. So, this is a channel called Ranking the World. I am, you don't have to play the audio. You can mute it. I am absolutely mesmerized by these types of videos. I don't know if you guys have watched these yet, but it's like there's something hypnotic about these style of videos. They've taken off recently. I mean, this one has 700,000 views, but there's, there's been a few that have taken off recently. And essentially what you're looking at is it will be some certain category, some, which would normally just be a, a typical graph, and they animate it. And it bounces around and moves around like this. And you learn something in a, in a slightly more dynamic way. And somehow the movement represented in the video Help helps you to understand how uh, how competitive it almost it feels like a race. It feels like you're in the boardroom as these companies go up and down and how they get judged and the scoreboard that they're working within. And when you sit there and you say, "Well, who do these? You know, who do they answer to?" When you're talking about mega corporations making calls and 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 decisions and and such. And then you watch something like this, visualized like this, and I you feel the anxiety of like, oh, our our market cap used to be three hundred billion, and look at us now, the glory days are gone, and and we're getting chased by our competitors. You know, you see the different petro companies on there, British Petroleum, Exxon Mobil, they're all aware, Royal Dutch Shell. And what you'll see if you watch this entire clip, we don't have to watch the entire clip, but if you if you do watch this entire clip, you can maybe fast forward a little bit, fast forward a little bit more. You will see the typical, the, the traditional companies, uh, uh, oil and gas, as well as financial. And you'll see them get replaced by tech companies. And it all happened in like the last few years. 
as all of a sudden Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, Microsoft, it, it all, they, they all jump straight to the top. Now, the other cool thing about this visualizer, it puts uh, the different countries that pop into it are represented by different colors. So you can see China jumps in here with Tencent and Alibaba. Uh, but, but the tech companies dominating the most valuable companies in the world over the last couple of years. And uh, Amazon, you can see they're chasing Apple big time. It's a, anyway, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a cool thing. Here you can see we're getting up to 2019. It's a back and forth game, guys. It moves around a lot. I think it's a cool way to visualize information, learn something real quick, and be mesmerized at the same time. Technology is still the thing, though. I mean, as visualized through this particular, this particular graph here, technology is the thing. What do you got next, Will? You want to go with some questions? Mm. Good idea. Let's take a couple of questions. All right. Me this one. What's that? I think you forwarded me this one. Oh, did I? Okay. Hi, Lewis. Which way you prefer to house the front camera? Okay, so this question is about uh, front-facing cameras, about notches specifically. Number one, normal notch iPhone 10. I guess he's calling this phone a normal notch. Water drop notch, essential phone. The second screen on the back, Vivo Next. Vivo Next had the second screen on the back? Didn't it just have the pop-up camera? I think he's got that mixed up. Was that not a different device that had the screen on the back? Like, yeah. Like a Meizu or a he, Xiaomi or something? I don't know. Maybe it was the second version of the Vivo Next. I can't remember. But anyway, he's saying screen on the back, so forget about a notch at all. Hole punch in a Samsung. Motorized pop-up, Oppo Find X, and mechanical sliding, which was the Xiaomi Mix 3. I've actually played with a version of all these. Every single one I have used at some point in time. Obviously, I'm going to go with no... Hmm. Actually... This is actually a tough question now that I think about it because that's a lot of different implementations. I have kind of come around a little bit on face unlock. I started to, to like it with the OnePlus 6-ish around there. It was it, where it was wicked fast. You can go back to that video. I was like, boom, bang. It was kind of really, you don't have to go back to it right now, Will. I'll, I'll stay on the list, but people can look it up if they want. <laughs> And then I kind of got used to it. It became a part of my thing, but I never liked the iPhone implementation because it was the dual stage with the swipe up. But then on the previous version of Samsung, when I cracked it just with the image, I really wish actually Apple would implement a version of it like OnePlus where you just hold the thing up and it unlocks. It doesn't require the swipe. But if you want this comprehensive, sophisticated face unlock, you need all this tech that apple has to put in there and huawei used huawei used to put the same tech and then they were like well it creates a giant notch with the infrared and the beam projection and all that stuff it's a lot of tech so i probably would give up face unlock in exchange for a smaller notch or no notch now the motorized pop-up i didn't mind because i don't use the front-facing camera that much but 
there's like a little thing in the back of your head with the with the moving parts, the durability. What if you did need it? It's a whole extra mechanism on the inside of your 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 phone, which is relatively complicated. You know, out of this punch, I might take the hole punch. I might take the S10 hole punch. The mechanical sliding was cool, but it's kind of a uh, you're constantly doing it. What is it? The uh, the mix three? Oh, you have a mechanical sliding that's one there. The honor. Oh, that's the honor mechanical sliding. Mm -hmm. Let me grab that from you real quick. I'm leaving the frame. It's the first time ever. Okay. This is the which on which honor device is this? Remind me real quick. We did a video on this. I believe so. So many devices. Magic honor Magic Two. two. So. So this this kills the case concept. There's no case for this. You can't you can't really have a case for this. And I guess when you have the motorized pop-out camera, the cases will have to be developed for it as well. What's nice about this is there's no really complicated electronics associated with the exposure of the camera. So you feel like this is going to be more durable in the long run. But it's so addictive, I feel like I would find myself just doing this for no reason. I honestly do not. That's probably my own issue. I'm just going to take the hole punch. It's in the top corner. It really doesn't bug me that much. I think I'll just take the hole punch. If I don't take the hole punch, I'll probably take the motorized thing. The second screen just messes with your brain a little bit. You feel like... It, 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 it kind of feels like too much in exchange for how often you even need to take a picture of yourself. feels like overkill. The motorized pop-up I could probably deal with. You still get some cases that could be designed, developed for it. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to cop out and go with any of those three. I'll take the hole punch in the corner, not in the center. I'll take the mechanical sliding if, if I absolutely don't need a case. And I'll take the motorized pop-up if I want a little bit of both. And I really don't need to pop it out that frequently. That's where I'm going to go. Got another question, Will? Yeah, one more. One more? Okay, here we go. Hey, Lou, what do you think about the cashierless Amazon store? And do you think it will catch on? So he's talking about Amazon Go, the Amazon Go store. Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. And there's a couple of them out there now. I know the first one, I think, was in Seattle, obviously. That's where Amazon is headquartered. Um, this is This is how it works. You walk in, you scan the phone, it watches your face, it knows who you are. You never see a cashier, you watch, you walk out. He barely even looked at that sandwich, by the way. Can you back that up, Will? I mean, I know I'm getting sidetracked here, but like, I feel like when you pick a sandwich, you look at the sandwich. It, Kirk agrees with me on this. Like, you don't buy, you don't pick, no, Will. No, he does. Will. Maybe that's his go-to. Back, back this up, back this up, back this up. I would not let this get through. Like he walks it was in. a couple seconds. No, Will, you do not buy a sandwich like that, dude. Yeah. Will, you inspect your sandwiches. I've been with you look at Starsky. Itself or the label? At Starsky, you look down, you examine the sandwiches. Nah. Oh, man, he's such a liar right now. Anybody would look at a sandwich a little longer than that. Maybe he just works. He looks like door. a guy that was hired to be in a commercial to grab a sandwich. He doesn't look like a real sandwich shopper, and I'm not happy about it. And if I was the director on this particular commercial, he'd be doing it again. Her as well. Don't just be throwing things in the bag. Look at it. 
shoplifting. Examine that. It's too, it's too rapid. Oh man, that really irritated me. This is an ad. I apologize. It it is an ad. I apologize. Okay, fine. That got me fired right up. I just, it's a simple thing. Like just look at people shopping, go to a grocery store and look at people shopping. And then there, you got it. You're not just chucking things all over the place like that. Let's see here. He, yes, him, he, go back. Yes, yes. See, that's what I'm talking about. You look, you, 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 you grab it, you look at it, you examine it. Her too. She, that's right. That's what you do. That's how you buy food. Sorry I had to inform you, Will, about how, to, how you buy food here. Clearly, I've been doing it all wrong. You've been doing it all wrong. You got to inspect the thing a little bit because you don't know what's in there. Oh, she came back for the cheesecake cupcake. All right, this is, I'm not talking about the question. I'm talking about the commercial. Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, I'm not really sure. I apologize for that sincerely. If, uh, if that wasn't your thing right there, if, it, if you're like Will and you just start throwing things around, you just get into a store and you just start throwing things into your bag. He inspected, I like that. Uh, but if you're like Will, then I apologize for all that because you're obviously on his side with this. But I think there's more people on my side. You got to inspect the food. So uh, it's, um, it's, it's incredible. Obviously, this is the future. To, in, to, in order to answer the question, obviously cashiers are not going to be happy about this. The automation of planet Earth. Where does everyone go? What does everyone do when it's all so simple and all this time is saved and productivity goes up? All of a sudden, these people, they can, they can be professionals longer during the day. They can work harder because they, they get to save the time with the cashier. They can buy more. They can interact with the uh, economy in a free-flowing manner tapping away on their smartphone screens it's obviously it's the way it goes we've seen the self-checkout at almost every store now like you can that's the first stage but where do you eventually end up this is where you end up why do you want to why you got to interact with anyone it's your world it's all for you you get to do whatever you want it's all for you will what do you want you want the cheesecake you get the cheesecake okay do you think that we're still going to have brick and mortar or is everything going to be online? Well, this is brick and mortar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you, so you think this thing is, is bogus. Well, there's certain, Will, I mean, there's certain things. What do you want to, we talked about the sandwich. You're, what are you going to do, order a sandwich? on, Or it'll be like uh, Uber Eats or whatever. Yeah, it could be like automated every day. I'm not a big Uber Eats. Can I just, am I going off topic right now? I'm going off topic. Maybe I'll save it for another time. I'm going to save it for another time, but... I don't, I'm not super into the whole delivery, uh, bad experience. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, I still want to pick up my sandwich. If that's the question, Uh, he says, will it catch on? Absolutely. It's going to catch on. Convenience always catches on. Convenience is the human thing. It's the human weakness. Oh, it's easy. I'm in. I'm not saying me personally, but like there's evidence of that being the case all over the place. And this is incredibly convenient. It's fast too, which is another thing for people. People, it's speedy. Have you ever been, if you're in a big city and, and lunchtime hits, it's a nightmare. You know, you're downtown, lunchtime hits, everybody's everywhere, just hungry, zombies, savages. They need something to eat. That's why I don't like this guy. You know, he's not really doing it the way I want him to do it, but. But nonetheless, uh, it's going to catch on. It's the future. We're, we're going to live there eventually soon. 
I would like to try this out myself. What are the cities right now, Will? Let me know. What, how many cities are we in with this thing? Are, or are we still just in Seattle? Oh, here we go. Seattle, Chicago, and San Francisco. Uh, Ten locations. Now, do they have any others planned? Let's see here. Downtown Seattle, Madison Center. South Lake Union. Chicago and San Francisco. New York City confirmed. Okay. Chicago Loop. All right. So, oh, there we go. What is it? The last 3,000 locations across the United States by 2021. They were considering it. Amazon is considering 3,000 locations by 2021. Holy moly. All right. So chances are you're going to bump into this thing sooner or later. And I got to say, it's just convenient. It, convenience wins, whether you like it or not. I don't know. You might enjoy talking to your cashier. You might, you might say that you do. And then when you're faced with the choice, the convenient choice, when you can get out of a place faster, find what you want faster because everyone's flowing through there faster. There's less traffic. Less ca- Where's the congestion in the supermarket? It's at the cash. The, where you got to wait. And uh, you're going you're gonna to feel like a loser standing there waiting because you're not set up on the Go app. And you're just standing there waiting. You're like, oh, I just, I'm going to talk to the cashier real quick with my cheesecake. It's not going to fly. You're going to have to watch everyone else with their apps and their face scans. Walking out the door. You're not going to do it, Will. You're not going to do it. Neither is anyone else. So, yeah, it's the future. It's absolutely going to catch on. Locations are coming everywhere. Get used to it. Amazon knows you. Your face. They know how long you look at a sandwich. All right? They're going to judge you, Will. You take a sandwich too quick, they're going to judge you. You take too long, it's all going in your data profile. Right alongside all your purchases, on Amazon, the website. And you don't you don't want the world to know what that's about. Oh, boy. All right, it's been beautiful. It's been wonderful. What a time to be alive. We covered it all. As far as whatever there is today, we covered it all. And I appreciate the questions. If you want to send a question to Willie Do, it's will at lulater.com. It's straightforward. I mentioned it in the last in the last episode and also at the beginning of this one, you can get the podcast in audio format if you're sick of looking at, you know, looking at my face, which I've been sick of it for years, so I can completely understand it. Uh, I mean, there is the advantage. I want to give Willie Dude the credit. If you do watch the show, you get the visual aspect. But if you can't do it or if you're driving, I think you should still participate in your car. And you can do so. Look at this. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Castro, Radio Public, TuneIn, and CastBox. I listen to you guys. You guys hit me up on Twitter and in the comments and you were like, I use this, I use that, I use this. So I just, I put it as many places as possible. So if you do listen, you, you should be able to find it. Go take a peek, go take a look. And if you do find it on your favorite platform, uh, you can rate it. You can you can give it five stars, or you can give it one star. You can do all that all that good stuff. Apparently, it helps out. Thank you so much for joining. It's been a pleasure. It's been my pleasure. I owe it all to you and Willie Do. So there you have it.